This is the MFG Cast. guys, Kurt here. You'll notice that I am solo Mio as far as as far as my podcast team. Everybody is afflicted with like some kind of pandemic. You know, if you've ever played pandemic, we all know what happens. There's lots of diseases being thrown around. People are sick. People are dying. Luckily, no one here is dying, but it sounds like we are. I was told by Dan today that he sounds like a ghost haunting a uh, Scooby-Doo Mansion, very low and, uh, what did he say, like unintelligible. So we have some podcast partners skipping out, but um, I am not alone. I have a great, I have a great guest on today. You may know this gentleman by such classics as Yardmaster, Groves, and Scrawlopolis. I'm pretty sure I just screwed that up, but I hope I got it right. <laughs> Close. <laughs> it's Steven. All right. Yay. <laughs> I'm sure you'll correct me and it will be great because I like it when people correct me so I don't say the wrong darn thing. It's Steven Aramini. Did I say it right? You got that right. Yes. yes. I got one right. <laughs> All right. I'm 50%. Uh, yes. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Yeah. So you have a new game coming out by the newly formed Galactic Raptor Games. Animal Kingdom's coming out in January. Was it January eighth? I think it's January eighth. January eighth. Yep. Yeah. So, but before we get into all that madness, let's talk about how you got into gaming and then into design. So, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So I I got into gaming in like to fairly recently in 2013. So I I hadn't really done games at all during most of my adult life. And um, so uh, I was late to the party, but I had ended up going to a meetup just to kind of, you know, uh, see see what was going on. And it just kind of opened my eyes to like the all, all the games and, and the whole game industry. And uh, pretty much immediately I, I caught the design bug at the same time. And um, my background, I... Uh, I, I'm in an ad agency and I'm a creative director. So um, to me, it was just like a kind of a, a sort of an art project or a creative exercise to just kind of see what would happen with um, with designing a game. So I ended up designing Yard, what would become Yardmaster. And um, of course, I had no idea what to do with that game. But I had a friend, um, I live here in Reno, and there's a convention called SaltCon in Salt Lake City. And they have uh, an award called the Ion Award. And um, uh, my friend had played it and knew about Salcon. He's like, hey, you should enter that in the contest. So I just threw my hat in the ring and entered it. And uh, it ended up winning uh, the Ion Award for that. And then it picked up a publisher from there. And then and then I was just, you know, addicted to both games and game design ever since. That's awesome. That's a word for the word for the wise. 
what just he just told you may never happen to you. So like if you <laughs> if you do a game and it doesn't win an award and you don't go on to make other great games, you know, don't worry about it. You know, keep on trekking. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I w- I was luckily I had no idea uh to to you know, nobody told me you're you're way too naive to like design a game. So <laughs> I didn't have that uh, information. So I just decided to wing it and go for it. So nice. That's uh, awesome. But it worked out. So Nice. Well, since you're kind of new to the game, new to the game as far as the gaming industry and designing games and stuff like that, like, you know, what what was like one of the first couple of games that just really just sucked you in? You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I haven't been doing this for as long as, you know, I have. I think the big two were uh, Ticket to Ride and Settlers of Catan, which Mm -hmm. is funny because you can kind of see that dna a little bit in um yardmaster because yardmaster is uh a game about trains so there's my ticket to ride connection but then (laughs) uh it's really a a set collection of trying to collect these uh different types of resources and so uh yeah i just it, it those were early games for me uh small world was like a game that really got me hooked which is I guess, you know, projecting ahead into our conversation, um, <laughs> uh, it, it being an area control game, you know, I just thought that was really a fascinating game and stuff. And and so, yeah, those were a couple of the early ones that really grabbed me uh, and just made me love the hobby. Yeah. So what? So what's your niche what, as far as playing games, though? Is it, It's just, you know, a lot of people have their favorites, you know, is it something lighter, something deeper? Is there a certain theme? You know, what's something that really catches your eye anytime you're going to buy a game or, you know, try out a game? I, I, I kind of like all games, to be honest, but I think if I had to pick sort of a, I, I wouldn't even say a genre, more, more like a weight class, like I kind of like sort of light medium uh, mm-hmm. Just because I can finish game in under an hour, and I like things that have sort of a little bit of a Euro feel to them. Um, so, uh, you know, that would be, um, I like I I think of J. Alex Kevern, um, who's a newer designer, but he did like Gold West and um, Sentient and World's Fair, and he's just been a big influence on me, and I've kind of seen him because he's you know kind of new to game design as well and i've just kind of looked at a lot of his designs and uh so i really like those kind of games because they're crunchy and they're kind of have a euro slant to them but you you can set them up play they're simple with rules and be done in an hour and move on to the next game yeah yeah you can you can almost see you can almost see a theme with the games that you've made you know they're very very light but also have some good intricacies in them and stuff like that and play fairly quickly yeah, and the other is like Red Raven. I've I really like Ryan Lockett's stuff, and mm-hmm. and obviously they're gorgeous to look at. But <laughs> it's I'm amazed that that guy can like basically do it all. You know, he can design, he can illustrate, he can publish, he can market, and he's just kind of like the full the full package of uh, everything you want in a game company, and all rolled into one guy. So yeah. um, that's another company that I really love their games and their style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's crazy to think of that kind of stuff. You know, the the person that can, you know, think above a game, think of the uh, dynamics of the game, do the art, do the publishing. You know, I I know that his wife actually has a big hand in that too. But I mean, it's just it's amazing. And plus, again, I've said this before on this podcast. I got I got to meet him the last Gen Con I went to, and he looks like he's like still looks like he's like like twenty five or something like that. I'm like. 
You have it all, buddy. You've got it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So when you're making your own board games, what's your philosophy on making games? Is it is there a, a specific thing that you th- think of when you're making your games? I think that not really. <laughs> I, my games are kind of all over the map, to, to be honest. I don't know that I have a distinctive style, which maybe that's bad if you're a you know, a designer to not really have a style that people can identify. But I, I just kind of go with what my gut tells me to go with and what I kind of latch on. I, I do a lot of things where I sort of mash two genre or two mechanics together. So like with Animal Kingdoms, it's sort of a area influence, area control, sort of combined with hand management. I have another game called Tricky Tides that's uh, kickstarted this last year and it's it's going to deliver here in a couple months and that's I combined like trick taking with um, uh, pick up and deliver so I uh, I guess that's kind of my approach is I, I sort of think of ways to create game mechanics that sort of work in interesting new ways so that's awesome no I, I, li- I like that uh, philosophy of like not being tied to one thing because it it leaves your doorways open to lots of things you know you don't you're not just like oh I'm the guy that makes the trick-taking games or I'm the guy that makes this you know it's it, it leaves your options open for the future for sure yeah and and I've been trying to branch into like a little bit more complex games complex systems and you know it's it's like everything it's just a learning process and I'm I'm learning as I go, you know, so I'm finding that um, obviously the more complex a game is, the harder it is to design. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, a, it's, you know, it's always, it's like anything. You're always trying to improve what you're doing and learning from your mistakes. And, um, you know, luckily I've been really fortunate to, to be able to have, uh, you know, some publishers that, you know, believe in some of the stuff the the games and they've helped me along in terms of the development of them mm-hmm. yeah that's a good that's a good good thing to have um <clears throat> so i've i've asked this of you know a few designers and stuff like that and i want to get your take on it you know when you're coming up with a game do you just is it something where you think of mechanics right away and then you go okay i can wrap a theme around it or do you think of a theme and go okay I, this theme is awesome i need to put some mechanics in it i don't know how to tie it but i'll figure it out eventually uh, I'm like definitely a prisoner of the moment. Like a lot of times I'll go to a game night and I'll play a game and I'll be like, that game was awesome. And then I'll be like, I want to make a game that, you know, uses, uh, you know, something, uh, similar to that or get, evokes that same feeling and stuff. So like with animal kingdoms, it actually, I, I started thinking of that actually after I played smash up because I really liked how, uh, I, I played Smash Up for the first time, and I just really liked how you had these different sort of areas that you were sort of trying to take control of, and then it, it would reach a threshold, and then you would get it. So I was like, oh, that's just like a really cool thing. Can I put my own unique twist on it? So that was where that sort of came came in. But I do that a lot where, like, if I play a game that's really inspiring, then I'll just, you know, it'll make me want to sort of steer in that direction. And, you know, sometimes it sometimes it goes to you know, wildly different places after that. But uh, a lot of times that's how like sort of the, the genesis of an idea will start. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that, that totally answers my, my other question about how it came to be. That's great. Um, so Galactic Raptor Games is a new company made up by the team of Carla Kopp from Weird Draft Games and Dan Lesring 
I'm sure I said that wrong. I haven't, I haven't talked to Dan yet, so I apologize, Dan, of Letterman Games. How were you approached about this game? So for Animal Kingdoms, I uh, had developed that and had entered it into a contest called the Cardboard Edison Awards. Mm-hmm. And it uh, ended up winning that um, this last year. And as a really as a result of that, that sort of started the conversation with Dan first, actually. I knew Carla only through Twitter. Um, and so I had kind of sort of been following her success in her career. And I had no idea that they, behind the scenes, were forming Galactic Raptor, you know. So <clears throat> I had no connection with Carla. But Dan I knew because we worked on a game together called Groves. And so... Uh, I already had a relationship with Dan, and so we kind of had started talking about, you know, the possibility of him publishing Animal Kingdoms, and then, you know, he came to me and was like, hey, would you like this to be the first title under Galactic Raptor and partnering up with with Carla? And uh, I was like, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was just, like, great to have, you know, two companies that I really wanted to work with uh, come together and... It was just kind of an exciting opportunity to go, yeah, we want this to be sort of the, 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 the launch title for our new company. And, you know, even better was like they didn't have anything else. You know, you go to most game companies, you know, and they're like, oh, well, we have six other titles. So maybe maybe we'll put something out in 2020. Um, and these guys were like, you know, this is a new company and we want yours to be the first. So we're going to dedicate all of our energy into it coming out right away. So it was, it was just a really great opportunity to just like jump right in and work with them. Yeah, definitely. So, so do you feel any pressure because of this being the first game and it has to be great? Otherwise this company is going to tank because of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, when you put it that way, (laughs) I, I think, yeah, sure. There's always like pressure to, to, um, because you obviously want it to perform well and, and everyone's put in a lot of effort. I put in a ton of effort, you know, with the design of it and it's been a year and a half of design and changing and tweaking and going through the contest and working with those guys. And then those guys have committed a ton of time, energy and money, you know, to, to make it into what it is. So um, you, you definitely want to see it succeed. So, uh, but I feel like we've done pretty much we've done all we can, you know, we've, mm-hmm. we've tested it, we've blind tested it. We, uh, it's great that because Carla is a designer herself and Dan is a designer as well. So it's really great to just have sort of the three of us to um, all kind of collaborate. And what we've basically found is like, you know, the, the best ideas have just bubbled to the surface to make the game as, as good as it can be. And um, it, it hasn't really, the core of it hasn't really changed from, the cardboard Edison version, but they've, they've just brought a lot of new wrinkles to it that I think have really elevated it into the game. It is today. Nice. That's awesome. So we know about, about the mechanics of it. Why why don't you actually tell us about the story of what animal kingdoms is about and how we play it. So animal kingdoms is, uh, as I mentioned, it's a game that sort of combines, uh, area influence and, uh, hand management. So there is a deck of cards that are animal cards, of course, and there's eight suits, and each of those is valued one through eight. So you have your hand of cards, and you're going to be playing a card on your turn into uh, one of the five kingdoms. The catch is that uh, in order to play to a kingdom, you have to adhere to that kingdom's decree, which is basically a placement rule. 
and that's another deck of cards that comes out and those are randomly distributed every game so you will have wildly different um, placement rules and a lot of them play off of each other so every game is going to be very different in terms of how you sort of attack uh, trying to place your cards and what you're trying to do is place the card and then you get to place an influence cube in that kingdom uh, with the end goal of having more cubes than your opponents in those kingdoms because you're going to get more points for first, second, and third place in those kingdoms. So I say it, area influence only in that it's it's not like a hardcore area control where you're kicking other people out uh, of the territories. You're basically just you're trying to get the majority uh, or, or best your opponent in terms of the numbers there. So, you know, where did you come up with the, with, you know, you, you said you came up with kind of like the mechanics of it kind of based on when you played um, Smash Up and stuff like that. But where did you get the theme of like the animal kingdoms? Are you, were you watching The Lion King? Was there, <laughs> you know, some kind of, you know, nature show and you're like, oh, this is, this will be perfect. The theme I struggled with because initially I had made it a deep sea fishing game. So you were going around to all these different seas and you're trying to pull out different fish. But it, I don't know, it just, it didn't feel exciting enough, I guess. <laughs> and then I went to like a crazy theme. I went to actually Interstellar uh, Travel Agency. <laughs> nice. And that was sort of inspired by, I saw these posters from NASA that there were these, were, there were these really cool sort of retro um, uh, sort of fake travel agency posters. And I was like, yeah, oh, that would be I a really cool those. theme. Mm-hmm. And I quickly realized that that had really nothing to do with area control, and it was just like making it even more abstract. So um, at, at the end of the day, I just, at its heart, I was like, this is about trying to control territories. And so it sort of drew, drew me to, well, these, you know, sort of feel like territories or kingdoms. I arrived at just the animals just because um, I really wanted the cards to be super colorful. And it just, you know, I just, I, I thought the animals was a good hook to kind of like really play up, you know, the colors of the different animals out there in the animal kingdom. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So let's, let's call out who the artist was. Cause the, the, from what I've seen, the art is beautiful. So the artist is Katie Grierson. I, I'm hoping I get that right. I've actually never met her. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, the art just blew me away as they started to show me more and more of the art as it was coming out. It was um, the style is Art Nouveau, and it's uh, it's just really beautiful, and it has a great table presence, which is awesome. The other thing that um, Carla and Dan added to the game, because originally it was just a card game, mm-hmm. and so they turned it into actually a central board, and I think that just really adds to the table presence, and, and again, sort of makes it feel less abstract, so you actually have these actual kingdoms that you're placing on and and you're trying to fight for this uh land overall so it it just it really turned it into just a much more satisfying experience on the table yeah and that's a good idea too because you know it feels like you know some games you know they have a story to tell but then when you actually put them on when you actually play it you know whether there's a card game or whatever sometimes it doesn't quite doesn't quite feel like you're you know in that presence and stuff like that where where you know i noticed that when i saw the art and well when i saw everything that came with it i was like oh wow you've got that little round center board or whatever 
and, you know, what you're doing with it and stuff like that. And I was like, well, that's kind of a cool little niche to throw in with everything else. So, you know, it, it does, it does make you feel like you're playing more than just a card game. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and, and this is, uh, this is my, my eighth game that I've put out and it's actually the first game that I've ever done that has an actual board. So, <laughs> so <laughs> nice. it's a land, it's a milestone. Nice. Nice. You just keep hitting them. Tell ya. Awards. <laughs> boards what will be next <laughs> uh so you know what besides what you have you know what what is you know something that that you've put into this game that you're like i really hope people kind of cling on to that you know i'm really excited about to me the the most interesting thing i think is the fact that i feel like the hand management part of it has a more of a classic card game feel it's almost like a rummy type feel, um, and I really like a lot of those types of games. Um, you know, where you're just you, you just have a suit and numbers, and you're trying to just you know work with what you've got to to make great combinations. You know, whether it's like Linko or Parade or or any of those types of uh, just kind of classic card games. But then I think with the 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 central board and the way you're trying to interact, um, that has like a totally different feel. Um, that feels more like, you know, a, a board game experience. So to me, that's just kind of like, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting mix to me. So nice. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I'm excited about it. I hope everyone listening is excited about it. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to, this is going to come out right after Christmas. So you're going to save that Christmas money you got from your grandma and you're going to wait until January 8th or a little after that. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to yell at if you if you do or you don't. <laughs> and then you're going to help fund Animal Kingdoms and it's going to be great. So I'm ex- I'm excited about it too, so it's going to be a blast. So what are we looking at as far as price then? We're not going to worry about shipping. People will see it when they go to fund it and stuff like that. But let's just give them a rough estimate so they know. Uh, I wish I could. I actually don't know what they're going to price it at. They don't I don't have clearance for those kinds all of questions. All right, all right. Well, I'm gonna have to get Carly on the phone. <laughs> yeah, get her, get on the old MFG cast phone, see what we got. Yeah, we'll be fine. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's gonna be. It's gonna be well worth its weight in gold. So, yeah, I I, I should know that. I should know that. See, you're teaching me. <laughs> that's all right. That's how these things work. But, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like I said, January eighth. Make sure you go ahead and fund it. Galactic Raptor Games, Animal Kingdoms. And Steven, thank you for coming on. It was awesome to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. So thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Kurt, and this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.